or not. <laughs> or not. It, I, I was waiting for you to say you were recording. Oh, I'm recording. All right. Well, then it's time for an awkward intro. Shit. Wow. Shit. Well, you guys are really handsome. Wow. <laughs> Ooh, well, hey. Some water. You're eye candy too, sir. Mm. Yeah. It's extra shiny today. <laughs> it's this fluorescent light bulb above mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Hey, life exactly. is good. Life is good. Zach walked in with a regular shirt, which is kind of weird to me. I don't know what's going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like a hamburger. Keep it simple. simple. Keep it life is good simple. That's how my boys put it. Says. <laughs> yep. Uh, Hooray for bad graphic design. I love right. it. <laughs> Ooh, baby. Uh, hey. All the size. There's a producer Trav right there. There There's is a Trav. a Trav who produces. Yeah. Produce. Uh, and we were going to ask him to produce a uh, top five favorite animated films just for shits and giggles. <laughs> oh, yeah. And this is my personal. Sure. But, yeah. Well, well it's funny because I already have my oh. top five on Letterboxd. It's just hidden so nobody Ooh. can see it. Oh. So well, I got the list right here. Unsheath it. I'm kind of curious what the other option was besides your personal. Like, were you going to give us somebody else's top five? Or well, no, <laughs> because again, I was at, uh, did you mean best animated or if you meant my actual oh, okay. personal top five animated? Because they are v- obviously that. Uh, heads up, none of these are best animated winners. Let's let's just put that out there. Yeah. Cool. Number five. All right, That'd number five. Classic. One of the first uh, animes I got into as a kid, motherfucking Ninja Scrolls. Oh, I've lovely. never seen Good Ninja one. Scrolls. Nice. I I remember watching uh, my friend's brother's VHS of Ninja Scrolls so we could see the animated movies. Yeah, yes, right animated exactly. Movies. Same like exact story for me. <laughs> <laughs> and it and it's crazy because in my photography, I don't know if you guys had like photography at, at your high school, mm-hmm. but. We didn't even do photography sometimes, did we? Um, we're like making shirts and mugs and shit. And mm-hmm. we made a mouse pad and I made a Ninja Scroll mouse pad. Nice. 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 Like my fucking Ninja Scroll. <laughs> with, with the boobies to, re- to rest your wrist. Oh, that's perfect. Okay. <laughs> See, we're getting too much, Zach. You know? Yeah. <laughs> freshman in high school here, sir. Oh, that is right. 100% what I would have done as a freshman in high school. All right, y'all ready for number four? Number yeah. four. All right, Evangelion 1.0, You Are Not Alone. Classic. Evangelion. <clears throat> Classic. Look, I call it what I want to call it. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Neon Genesis. Okay. Yeah. I call Eva it what Jelly. I want to call it. Have you watched the crap dubs that they have on Netflix? The new ones? No. Yeah, it's so bad. It completely. See, I heard the opposite. It. I heard they were mm-hmm. actually really good. No, mm. give it a shot and watch. I prefer watching dub. Um, they got the original so. dubs on Amazon, I believe. So I don't know why I would watch. Really? I believe, I said. I know it's been pretty hard to find. So I believe. They could have removed it. I just know they put them on there because, you know, they dubbed. They got the rights yeah. to the fourth one. But I think it's weird because I think uh, the end of Evangelion, I think, is the strongest film. But So, so which... Yeah. Which Neon Terminator, Genesis, Evans, Gelatin, did you say? One, you are not alone. Yeah, 1.0. Is that, so, is that, that's one. the like the reanimated. It's a, it's a rehash of yeah. the last three, two or three, I can't remember. Nice. 
which one that is because there's a whole thing with that where yeah it's just a cluster shit show yeah on that whole i know the original like the way you had to watch it was you had to watch up to episode 22 watch end of evangelion then watch the and last watch three episodes <laughs> which i wouldn't even known at the time yeah because yeah. anime was so there was no you weren't copping on the internet to watch this stuff let me look up when this even came out um yeah oh seven but i feel like it was later Hmm. I mean, earlier well, than 07, to be honest with you. But... Well, it took him a long time to put out all the rehashes, didn't it? I mean, yeah. I finally watched the original series completely um, during lockdown. I'd uh, I'd seen episodes, you know, in high school and stuff, but I've you know, I've never seen a single episode of that show. You wouldn't like it; it's too whiny. I'm... Oh God, yeah. Like, and that's <laughs> it's really weird that I like it because the the main character is just. Oh God! Worse than fucking Nancy. Come on! Like <laughs> it's bad. No, I, I, yeah, <laughs> Shinji Ikari is I'm literally talking, the whiniest main character Shinji ever. Man, my man. What's your number three, sir? All right, number three. Um, I don't know if y'all have heard of this, but it's classic for me. I love Rentario, Metropolis. Oh, oh yeah, never, never mm-hmm. seen Metropolis. Seen I haven't seen it, but I know I know of it. Same. Classic. And a lot of these come from, you remember um, Cox Cable had like the different HBO channels, like HBO Encore, HBO Drama, HBO whatever. They had HBO Action, and HBO Action had Anna Midnight's on Friday night. And they would show, that's how I got into a lot of niche anime that Cartoon Network really wasn't spinning. So yeah, that's number three. I miss yep. sci-fi Saturday mornings. Oh, yeah, for sure. But that came, like, way later. Yeah. Well, that was, like, back in the day, the anime that they would play Saturday mornings on I sci-fi. remember sci-fi put on this anime. I don't know if you've ever seen Monster. Mm-hmm. But he's, like, a doctor. Oh. Really good anime. Nice. I, I'd always been curious, but I never looked it up. But, yes, oh, uh, Rintaro really based that good. off of uh, Fritz Long's uh, 1927 silent film, Metropolis, one the greatest films of all time. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of that. I, is it a silent film? I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. It's pretty crazy. So what? That was number three. All right. Number two. Y'all might have heard of this. You might not have. I actually, I know Paul's heard of this, but Satoshi Khan's Paprika. Oh, oh yeah. Paprika's amazing. Oh, I've got a copy of that, but I actually haven't watched it yet. Dude, it's I, weird. I still don't get it. It don't make sense. But I don't care because <laughs> it's just so cool. Yeah, um, as I've actually been rewatching a lot of um, of the YouTube channel Every Frame of Painting, who unfortunately stopped making videos about mm. six years ago. Never mm. heard of it. Oh, Trav, if you want some really in depth, interesting analysis on film editing, what is it? Every Frame of Painting. Mm. The guy only operated for a couple of years and probably only made a couple of dozen videos, but they're some of the uh, i'll be sending you guys wow. some of these yeah last for, video was six years ago yeah i'll be i'll be sending you guys some of these when we cover certain things later on especially uh he does he did i think like two or three videos on uh kurosawa and the way yeah, that kurosawa yeah, I uses i've seen the kurosawa stuff okay buster keaton david fincher anyway he did a satoshi khan i see that hell yeah oh dude, episode. paprika too hell yeah yeah, yeah the satoshi yeah. khan videos i mean they're all excellent there's not a bad video in the bunch but yeah, I just watched yeah. Perfect Blue for the first time not too long ago, so okay. I need to get on. Paprika. Oh, that's a and great then film. and then that's number one. 
my uh, favorite of all time. Perfect Blue. Let mm. me not the English dub because they <laughs> they ruin the uh, the ending. The ending literally makes no sense in English. I don't even understand <laughs> why this is a thing. So yeah, it makes no sense in English. You have to watch the Japanese sub, which may still be on Shutter around Halloween. Mm. Yeah, and it is. So they have the Japanese sub on Shutter. Um, Sweet. If you have Shutter, but yeah, it's the greatest anime movie ever, ever in my opinion. It was real good. I know. And then like, there's certain things like Totoro's like my ultimate. Like it's the first I ever got, but I don't put it on a list. It's like above a list. It's like, yeah. you can't put... Transcends the list. It transcends the list. And it's just so cliche to put, as Jonathan and Paul say, Acura on, on a Acura. list. Like, everybody Acura. has it's, that on a list. You know, so it's just not going to be in my top five. They're, like, above a list. So Yeah, uh, it, it is the best. It is the best? Yeah. It's cliche, as you as you said. It is cliche to say it's the best, but goddamn it, it's so good. It's the best. I mean, and there's a lot too. Honestly, I have like an honorable mention. Well, I have three honorable mentions. I'm not gonna say them all, but I will say that ghost, the first ghost in the shell movie, mm. so good. So good. Like wow. as a kid, Ghost in the Shell was my shit. One of one of my favorite animes, and one that I have yet to meet a sec of. Well, I guess a third person because me and one of my friends in high school were obsessed with it. Uh, was Green Legend Ron? Green, I don't mm. even know what that is. Mm. Oh, hold on a second. I'll be right back. Does this have to do with the anime? Is he just going to be right back? <laughs> we're, we're left in misery. We will I mean, find a mystery. Out. I am in what did he mystery. Say? It was Green Legend, what? Green Legend of the Green, Le- Green Legend Ron. Green Ramen. Oh, I have seen this thing before. Yeah, I just looked it up. I have seen that uh, picture before. Yeah, okay. The silver-haired girl and the kid who like falls in love with her. Akira. <laughs> what, what's the name of it? One more time. Green. What? Green, Green Legend, Legend Ron. Ron. Okay. R E N. Nice. Well, that's a really good list. I mean, yeah. Speaking of uh, cliches best thing i mean I, th- I think that's a pretty good transition unless we had other things to talk about nope let's talk about a movie let's talk about a movie the march hello you beautiful people out there in the podcast land my name is paul workman i'm jonathan pierce i'm jack mccoy and it is your boy trav here and we are your oscar grouches and welcome back to the oscar podcast a show where we take a look at oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the academy went wrong if they went wrong and what film are we watching this week zachary We are watching the quasi-biographical film about the life and legacy of media baron and American tycoon Charles Foster Kane, Citizen Kane. Excellent. I think that's about as good as a plot description as you get. Mm. Is this everybody's first time seeing Citizen Kane? It is mine. Yes. No. Hell no. 
Yeah. Zach, do you remember the first time you watched Citizen Kane? First time I watched Citizen Kane was in high school when I was doing the trying to watch as many of the IMDb top 250 as I could. And I think I rented it from Movie Scene. (laughs) How about you, Paul? Uh, I it got called the greatest film of all time on the AFI top 100 in 1998. Yes. And then hold on. uh, Looking for the book behind you there. Yeah. I got stuff. Yeah. I'm just breaking things now. That's just what I do. Um, grab that. I hope all that's on mic now. It is. And when, uh, when entertainment weekly sent me a hardback book of their top 100 greatest films of all time, Personally sent by Entertainment Personally Weekly. Sent it to Paul yep, they sent it to me. <laughs> they called it the second greatest film of all time. Oh. So I said, I gotta find out what the fuck this is about. And I saw it. Well, what was the first? Uh, the Godfather. Oh, okay. Hmm. Oh. If you would like their top ten, it is Godfather, Citizen Kane, Casablanca, Chinatown, Raging Bull, La Dolce Vita, Godfather Part Two, Gone with the Wind, Some Like It Hot, Singing in the Rain, a perfect top ten. That's a good top ten. Dolce Vita. Yeah. I before are y'all ready to dive in? Because I want to ask two questions before we start talking about the film. Well, we do an Oscar breakdown. You'd think this guy would know, seeing as how he's edited all these episodes, he would I know our format. We just we didn't did, did Oscar. We really did. We do an Oscar breakdown for best animated. Of course we did. Yeah. Oh, they okay. were just always very short okay. because. We've already animated done it. movies aren't respected. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't pay attention. He just hear the word breakdown. Oh, I need to put that sound clip in there. And then yep. he now just kind of. <laughs> so just here we go. The breakdown for the 14th annual Academy Awards, uh, 1941. Citizen Kane wins Best Original Screenplay, giving Herman J. Mankiewicz and Orson Welles Academy Awards. It beats out The Devil and Miss Jones, uh, Sergeant York. Tall, Dark, and Handsome, and Tom, Dick, and Harry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of yeah. lists there. A lot of lists. Outside of the category, it is also nominated for Outstanding Motion Picture. <laughs> uh, giving Orson Welles uh, another nomination. Best Director for Orson Welles. And Best Actor for Orson Welles, playing Charles Foster Kane. I believe he was the first... Uh, to be nominated in the, all four of those categories. Oh, well, I could be wrong. Anyway, he loses to how green was my Valley in picture. John Ford director and Gary Cooper for Sergeant York in actor. Uh, other nominations. Oh, computer's going a little slow here. Give me a second. This short subject. Uh, uh, Bernard Herman gets nominated for best scoring of a dramatic picture. I believe this was his first. Your boy. My favorite. Yeah. Uh, Best sound recording. John O. Allberg gets nominated, but loses out to that Hamilton woman. Oh, and uh, Bernard Herman loses out to Bernard Herman for all that money can buy. (laughs) He's the best. Mm. (laughs) Um, It gets nominated for art direction, interior direction, black and white, which it loses to How Green Was My Valley. Um, it gets nominated for Best Cinematography Black and White for Greg Toland and 
inexplicably loses to to any film, not just to the film it loses to, but this should have won uh, for How Green Was My Valley. Mm. Uh, it gets nominated for Best Film Editing for Robert Wise, who directed what two best pictures? Uh, I know his name, but Sound of Music and West Side Story. Uh, and yeah. directed what uh, influential sci-fi film? I'm looking at you specifically, Jonathan. Mm. Is it have a P in the title? It does have a P in the title. One. Okay, one. Is it just called P? Star Trek, the motion picture. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Oscar nominated editor of Citizen Kane directed Star Trek, the motion picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is our Oscar breakdown. All right. All right. So, Zach, you got a couple of questions here. Zach or Trav? Because, you know, I definitely had questions. No, Zach has questions, right? I have questions. Yeah, no, Trav, I just, I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh, just, we it's just a running gag. Okay, so yeah. there's there's two questions. And first off, I'll make a statement. I My dumbass accidentally watched Casablanca thinking that's what I was supposed to watch. And went to go look at the list and see what Kurosawa film we were watching on tomorrow's episode and said, oh, shit, I watched the wrong movie. (laughs) (laughs) So I got the knockout Casablanca and Citizen Kane this week. But my number one question is, did people really talk like this? Or is this a film thing? I I hope people did talk like that fast and... I I feel like there was a lot of there was a lot of interrupting people thing, which I feel like comes off as like a theater background kind of thing. Because I feel like which, this movie very much could be like a theatrical play. Like, which, uh-huh. well, I mean, this is Orson Welles. Like at the end of the film, when they're like, mm-hmm. "Here are all these people making their film debut." Yeah, the Mercury players were literally just Orson Welles's theater troupe. Yeah, yeah nice. <laughs> But I mean, you know, when you got like Paul does the news on the March thing, I mean, those were real news clips were like that. I mean, and and journalists for sure, I guess, talk like that. Um, I don't know. Catherine av- Hepburn talk like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know if the average everyday Joe did, but we're not dealing with your average everyday Joe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, Charles I think, Foster King. Yeah. And when we're looking at the like newspaper business, I think I think it's true to, you know, a point. Right. Sure. Yeah, I just think for me, when I watch a lot of old Hollywood films, there's just a big disconnect on that for me to really I love it. buy into uh, the film. You know what I mean? Like, I that's, think that's fair. You just need to get past that. It's like it's hard to get past. I would love it's to get like past. subtitles. You just need to get past it. You need to get over yourself <laughs> so that you can enjoy what the film is saying. Mm, yeah. You see? No. <laughs> yes, All right. There's some hostility in the air. Sorry. All right. It it it's a dumb it's 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 always something stupid like this. I'm sorry. It it's I can't read a movie. I can't listen to people talk that way. I can't buy the fact that people will just start singing and dancing in the middle of the street. It's always well, something dumb so, that, yeah, there it's go. always something dumb that keeps people that's... from enjoying a movie on its terms when it's your problem. <laughs> It is your fucking problem. And I, I, didn't, I didn't claim it to not be my problem or anybody else's problem, sir. I'm just I'm, stating. I'm, I'm talking to Zach now. <laughs> yes. 
All right. Well, let's Sorry, talk bro. about <laughs> this movie. Let. This I'm movie. going to. Um, I generally don't give reviews when on Letterbox uh, for these. Uh, today, I felt like uh, doing a review. So, if you guys will uh, bear with me while I read you my review, uh, Citizen Kane is the Citizen Kane of film. Yes. This movie was fucking phenomenal. Yeah. This movie is just I. <sighs> I can understand why I haven't watched it and I'm pissed off that I haven't watched it before and it makes me sad. I feel like AFI when we watched as much as as far as I got when we did the top 100 of the first 100. I think I, a lot of the problems we started at the bottom. Of the we list. did. Man, if I had started at the top, I'd have been fucking all in, dude. <laughs> Holy shit. This movie like, all right, Trav, to speak to your point, how people talk fast, I didn't have to watch this movie with subtitles. I always have to watch movies with subtitles. I want people talking this fast and interrupting each other all the fucking time. It's Give me more. Speed, it's the, yeah, you see here, we're, we're, we're going to run them up in the bar. It's not the fastness. I, it's, it. I don't know why their voice has to sound like this here, you see. And people say they're probably look at us like, how come these people all sound like they're fucking stoned all the time? Like, <laughs> well, I just want to know when, as a society, did we transition from talking like that? You see, to what I would say, normal. You know what I mean? Like, sure. When did but we that make that normal. transition? The sixties? Maybe. Uh, you know what? It may be drugs. Drugs may have done it. Mm. <laughs> no, I th I think there's there's a lot of transition out in the fifties. I think. I think a lot of it starts happening around the end of the forties because of French new wave. Sure. Uh, when cinema verite really started kicking in and directors are like, Oh fuck, no, that's how our movies should be. That that's a lot of what happened is the Italian cinema, the French cinema, that whole European way of making film, mm -hmm. uh, just really changed the way we made film. Now, I don't necessarily notice it that much when I'm watching the movie other than like, I, I hear them as accents, I guess I, I don't necessarily, but, but you hear the different accents too. Like I, you know, you catch the, the New York and the Boston accents that in some of the people and you, you catch just a lot of it. Um, yeah. It, I, it just is that more, I guess you could say higher pitched nasally kind of talk, uh, out of a lot of the people. Um, hmm. yeah. Trev, I'm yeah. curious on what you thought of the film would be in this year first time as well. Like outside of the uh the mannerisms and such. I mean, I think it's a gorgeous film. I think it's a gorgeous film. And that's pretty much where it ends for me. I mean, and I don't know if it's because your whole life you hear this is the greatest film of all time, this is the greatest film of all time, and you put it on it like you hear that about Godfather, you watch Godfather, and you go that met all my expectations because I put Godfather on this pedestal. Well, it's the same with Citizen Kane. Like, I had it on this pedestal, and I watch it. Now, the first, like, 15 minutes, I was like, bro, this is about to be fire. Like, that score at the beginning was so sweet. Mm. And the yeah, whole introduction, I was like, yeah, this film about to be flames. And it was just kind of a drop-off for me. So, but it, it's shot gorgeously like mm -hmm. the lighting um, oh my god the lighting in this movie they did a couple things so purposeful and, oh that i really like that um what are those british duo producer director duo like pressburger and 
Powell, oh, Powell and Pressburger. Like, there is a lot of stuff, different shots in there that I like out of those guys' films. Hmm. But I didn't like it as much as those guys' films, you know, as far as a, a written script goes. Um, but yeah, it, it was beautiful. I just, I don't see how anybody's saying this is the greatest film of all time. I don't see that in it. But maybe because they've been saying that for 60 years that, you know, they can't possibly live up to it. I don't know. They weren't saying it for 60 years. Well, at this point, 60, 60, 60. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, I they started because, like digging yeah. it out like the 60s and like, 70s. It was like the 50s. I think I was going to say the 50s is when, it got, is when it got like, actually, if we go back, this movie is really good. But you've been pretty much hearing, though, this is the greatest film of all time since like the 90s, sure. at least. Which was still yeah, our entire lives. Ago. They've been saying my yeah. whole oh, yeah. entire yeah. life. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll go with my initial thoughts. This is the greatest film of all time. <laughs> Zach, <laughs> um, I uh, let's see the words greatest film, and I think that's uh, it's not my favorite. I, I wouldn't have it in my top five, but I can I can say again we we get in our time machine, go back and look at it from the lens of a film coming out in 1941 that looks like this, that's edited like this, the acting, the different, um, the way the different scenes are melded together, the, the makeup, and just looking at Orson Welles as a presence. The fact that he's 25 years old and he's convincingly playing an old man and he has yeah. the presence <laughs> to be like, I am this Charles Foster Kane, and uh, maybe a lot of it has to do with his voice, but also just the way he even moves when he's playing an old character. It's just all the elements are there to I fully accept anybody who wants to say that it's the greatest film of all time. There was literally nothing like this in 1941. No. This movie made modern cinema. This is the most moviest fucking movie that's ever movied. It movied so hard. Like it, it, and it's like Zach said, am I going to call this my favorite film? No, I'm not. But I, I'm with Paul. I think this is the greatest film that's been ever made. I, it, I guess now might be a good time to talk about when it came out and during the Oscars on, because it was not loved at all. No, no. It was, and I'm looking here on Wikipedia, they fucking booed it. At the Academy Awards, anytime it came up as a nomination, and was that a lot because of Orson as an individual? I can't remember, or and and the way that Hearst really like yeah ran a fucking campaign against him. Right, right. Um, I just the fucking disrespect, man. Yeah, to 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 not just like the film, but to outright be disrespectful to it on top of everything else. Yeah, is wild as fuck. That's yeah. Just, and also the balls that it took to make a movie like this where you take on uh, tycoons and, and somebody like, I mean, Mankiewicz knew, I mean, we've got a whole another movie about the, the, the writing of this film. You know? A movie full of half-truths and yeah. outright yeah. lies, but yeah. <sighs> yeah, I fuck, this movie is good. Like I said, the lighting alone, the fact that Orson Welles was actually put the, and again, this is another uh, IMDb uh, note on here, put the cinematographer on the same card as him for director because he was like, look at what this guy fucking did. Mm -hmm. The fact that he and Greg Toland played with cameras to the point where they essentially created the way that deep focus is done. Mm -hmm. They 
they changed the way people made movies. Yes. Just by being like, hey, what if that wall is just as in focus as the guy in the front? <laughs> mm. Which I guess is what you take for granted now. Yeah. You know? Which, oddly enough, Jonathan just went out of focus and back in focus as... Uh, <laughs> So that so that was weird. But yeah, there's there's no way you can watch this film and say, Oh yeah, that's not a gorgeous looking film. I mm. you're lying to yourself. Yeah, didn't they like create a new camera to get that one shot that went up through the ceiling? Mm-hmm. And no, I uh, there's a quote Orson Welles said like they asked him how you had the confidence to go and make a, a film that was unlike other films and he claimed ignorance because I mean this is his first film. Um, yeah. Other, other people uh, called him a liar and said he took influences from other places, but he just said, I had the confidence because I didn't know what I was doing. And I wanted, we did what I wanted to do, but we had to invent things to do it. Yeah. And the, the fact that he is an entertainer and a provocateur before this, mm-hmm. uh, he puts on, he puts on the, the radio broadcasts of War of the Worlds that sent people into panic. Which he, is also crazy. Like, yeah. When you think that people put, believe that that to be real, you know what I mean? Yeah. He puts on a uh, all-black cast of Hamlet. Like, one of the first, like, white producers to ever do that. It, yeah. yeah. The fact that he was that bold going into making a movie. Wild. <laughs> With the unheard kind of, of confidence in my early twenties, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah with the, now. where where he is the biggest name in the cast, and right. mostly because you know they they were a radio broadcast troupe as well, so they have some name recognition. But you know the the movie bombs essentially, so people can go, well, you know, you had an unknown cast, so no wonder you didn't do well. Which is bullshit because there's not a bad performance in this film, not a single one. Joseph Cotton is incredible in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I also just like, you know, the scenes where they're in Xanadu and just talking to each other and you got all that echo. The, that is uh, the amplified echo to it just really drives home the whole um, loneliness and impersonal. Yeah. It makes you not, not want to be wealthy. Like in that moment, it's like, oh, I don't want that. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, and it's it's that feeling of what what happiness can wealth really buy you. Mm-hmm. Like having money is fine. Being wealthy just sounds like it's fucking lonely. Mm. Yeah, I mean the guy's kind of a dick though. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's just a broken human being. I mean, I mean, sure, that's no excuse. I mean, you, we don't. I'm use not saying that it is. It. Yeah, I'm but... just saying that. The wealth isn't why he's lonely. He's lonely because he's a fucking asshole and treats everybody like shit. So, but I mean, the the point of the film is to examine what makes people that way. Right. Yeah. And, the, you know, being ripped away from your childhood and raised to be wealthy. I mean, essentially. Yeah. I, mean, I love that one line. He's like, I, I, if I didn't have money, I could have been a great man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could have been a great Just, man. <laughs> Yep. Uh, my it's funny. My first actual exposure to Citizen Kane was through Tiny Toon Adventures. Mm-hmm. I, was, I, I was talking <laughs> to Leanne about the same thing. Go on. Uh, yeah, just the the Montana Max screaming. Everybody think he's screaming at me, and they uh-huh. try to. It's a whole parody of you know trying to figure out what it, he means by saying it. 
Yeah. Right. And and then of course the Simpsons, Mr. Burns Bobo episode. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine though, like it, it's one of those things where, you know, the whole it was his uh it was his sled. What if this movie wasn't as big as it was? Keep it as great as it is, but never got the recognition. How how much do you think us not knowing the ending would have made the movie better? Well, I didn't know the ending. Never in your life did you know what Rosebud was? No, never. Really? Yeah. So I'm curious on then how that felt to you. Because I wish I would have not known. <laughs> Nothing. Trav doesn't like the movie because people talk. It's not that I don't like the movie. (laughs) I don't think it's the greatest movie of all time. But honestly, like, I feel like um, Zach on the Brie Larson episode, you know, I'm just not getting the the metaphors here, you know, for the sled. Like, the the sled was burning. It it said Rosebud Rosebud on the sled. Like, it's again, I I think that's where I think the ending of the movie is what made it so perfect because that's when he said like that missing puzzle piece that something that was lost like that I don't think it was so much a metaphor but it was because you know he well was I mean old as a child like I mean it's it it is metaphorical sure yes. Rosebud's not a uh, Rosebud is the name of the sled but Rosebud yes. is the encapsulation of his lost innocence and his lost yes. childhood his mother fucking sold him yeah. Like, and that was the last time he was happy was sledding outside of his house right before he was sold. Yeah. Rosebud. 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 It's, Rosebud. Yeah. And now, why did he re- name it Rosebud, though? That was he the name of the sled. Rosebud. Yeah, it was yeah, a just, type no, of sled. I, I get that. Why did he name that sled Rosebud? Or is Rosebud a legitimate sled company back in the 40s? I don't know if it was a legitimate sled company, but it was the, just the name of the company that was on the sled. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, you know, it'd just be like you saying Tonka. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't make up Tonka. That's what I'm asking. Like, but he didn't either. Like, that was the thing. Like, it, it, that was just what was on there. Well, he's yeah. Trav's I mean, in real why, life. Why did? Oh, oh why, why did he Like, when he, he wrote the script, he said, uh, I'm going to okay, name the sled Rosebud. Why did he name it Rosebud? I didn't I, know if there was something deeper. Like, it had a connection to something in his real life. Mm. that that's why he named the sled rosebud just because it's so random to me to name the sled rosebud i didn't know if there was some actual real life connection to why he named the sled rosebud it could be a play on words of something in one of these people's lives that uh kane is based on i guess but i don't know in his 2015 wells biography patrick mcgillan reported that mankowitz himself stated that the word rosebud was taken from the name of a famous Racehorse Old Rosebud. Mankiewicz had a bet on that horse in 1914 Kentucky Derby, which he won. And McGillan wrote that, quote, Old Rosebud symbolized his lost youth and the break with his family, end quote. Well, that guy's a liar. He's right, though. Uh, Is that what you were saying earlier? I mean, he's a Well, liar. the movie. I didn't, I didn't say Mankiewicz was a liar. Oh, I said okay. That, That's what I that thought. That the you movie were Mank oh, was okay. full of half truths and lies because okay. there was this theory that even Pauline Kael, the famous film critic, pushed about how Mankiewicz wrote all of Citizen Kane. Right. And Wells had no writing when, in fact, like, there is mountains of evidence proving otherwise. Yeah. And for some reason, Fincher ran with ran with the, uh, the right. conspiracy theory instead of like, yeah. hey, look at this 
all of this correspondence that fucking <laughs> a written word of these two men working together and Mankiewicz being on set and him and Wells rewriting things on the fly. Like there's way too much evidence for that movie to have been true, which is a big reason why I think that movie's just fine. Yeah. There's other reasons. I don't think it's great, but uh, it's definitely my least favorite Fincher film. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, Jensa, has anybody got any additional notes on citizen Kane? Uh, talk about uh, the the writing specifically i mean you just kind of did uh i just i love how there's a lot of uh obviously it's mostly william randolph hearst that's based on something like the joseph pulitzer and harold what fowler mccormick or whoever who is the founder of was it international harvester mm-hmm. yeah and um the, his wife was an opera singer that like, he pushed her career and hearst had a was a, a mistress who was an actress. So, so like all these taking these things from real life about these big, huge people. I mean, it'd be, be like making a scathing movie about um, Elon Musk and Bill Gates or something. I don't know. Um, I mean, it, we'll, we'll equate, we'll go back to Fincher and equate a film of his to this film. It's the, the social network. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Except, you know, the social network's a little more direct. Yeah. <laughs> Real names. <laughs> um, yeah, there's also something that I read about the the uh, flashback scenes, and your a lot of the stories being told through inter- interviews with old friends. Um, a lot of times forgetful, and that serves as an unreliable narrator, which adds to kind of uncertainty and mystery behind some of the stuff that's going on. I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, absolutely, indeed. Um, I just love the dialogue, and I, I think it's well written. I, I think it's clever. I love a dialogue movie. I love a dialogue movie. This movie I mean, is a dialogue movie. It's like I said, this this could have been a, a theater performance, and you know, aside from the fact that whoever played Kane had to like get in and out of old makeup <laughs> over and over again. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, the, like, they they tried to torpedo this movie because of the way that, that it it jumps from time period to time period. And nobody wants to watch a movie like that. And I don't linear narration. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know if one it's, of the first to do it, right? It was pretty much the first, like the, to not just be like, Hey, here's like the great McGinty last week. We start with, Hey, here's the character later on in life. And now he's going to tell the story and we're going to jump back and forth to him as the narrator. Right. We don't have that. This is, there there's so much like jumping through time and going back to things and seeing shots again. Like this, this wasn't done at this time at all. Mm. Flashbacks weren't a thing is what you're saying. No, I, a flashback might've been a thing, right. but the way these flashbacks are structured, yeah, where told through multiple narrators. Yeah. And, and those narrators telling their entire story, like through different time periods, mm-hmm. it yeah, just, their interactions with homeboy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into our worsty judgments. And Trav. <laughs> I don't even want to say. Well, <laughs> does this movie deserve best original screenplay? Uh, I mean, I'll just say yes because I haven't seen any of these movies. 
that are on this list that I'm looking at for best original screenplay. So who am I to say it doesn't deserve? I don't know how it didn't win best cinematography. Personally, that's the, I feel like that's the, yeah, the gold medal of the film. In Mm -hmm. my opinion is the cinematography and the score is absolutely incredible. Like Um, how green is my Valley is a beautiful film, but mm -hmm. still, but yeah, no, I think it uh, it deserved best screenplay. I won't argue that. Right, Zach, does this movie deserve best original screenplay? I am going to say yes. I I think it's a great screenplay. Um, I saw Sergeant York a long time ago, but I I wanted to rewatch it this week, um, but I didn't get a chance to, so I don't remember as well as I would have liked. But I remember it being very good, and unfortunately, I didn't watch any of the others, but. Uh, yeah, this screenplay, excellent. Deserved. What about you, Jonathan? Um, Obviously, I have not seen any of the other ones. I, w- weird side note here. I, I find it very um, funny that two of the movies in here are uh, TDH, Tall, Dark, Handsome, Tom, Dick, and Harry. I don't yeah. know why. I just get a kick out of that. Um, But yes, this movie does uh, deserve uh, <laughs> outstanding motion picture. And, uh, <laughs> yes. yeah, uh, best original screenplay, obviously. So, yeah, Paul. Um, one note on the cinematography Greg Tolan did win two years before this for Wuthering Heights, which is okay. also beautifully shot. Ooh, uh, I'm not yeah. saying that excuses him losing this one, but right. It, there, there is that thought sometimes. Sometimes, hey, yeah. they already got, they already got one. Let's give it to someone yeah. else. So. And I know, I know the the academy does that, and I just hate that. Not saying I want to see somebody win fourteen fucking Oscars, you know, in a row, but right. I don't think we should take away from somebody because you know they there, got yeah. first place before. You know, we can't give them first place again. I, There's I, a middle I, ground between this and Disney. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I do think if you got a couple, it's fine to skip you at least once. But Tolan only had one. He wins another one for a documentary short later on called December 7th. So um, there's that. All right. As for this uh, ranking, I did not get to watch either the TDH films, neither Tall, Dark, and Handsome, or Tom, Dick, and Harry. Uh, I did, however, rewatch Sergeant York and. Saw the Devil and Miss Jones for the first time. So mm-hmm. ranking those, Sergeant York is going on the bottom. It is fine. Gary Cooper is a beautiful human being. Mm. I like looking at him okay. uh, almost as much as I like looking at Orson Welles in this movie. My God, that man is a fucking snack in this movie. Fucking right. <laughs> no, I will say the transition from him as a young stout man to being old is absolutely I, you wouldn't even think it's the same dude it's yeah. just Cra- yeah, yeah. crazy yeah. how great that makeup is for 1940 whatever right mm-hmm. yeah because I spend most of my entire especially youth the only uh, look that I can think of of Orson Welles is you know Orson Welles eating peas and describing their penis yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're even better when you're dead <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, and then above that goes The Devil and Miss Jones. That was a cute little leftist pro worker movie, and I liked it. Ooh. Uh, I 
wasn't sure going in how that was going to go, but it is a just a delightful film. Cool. So if you get a chance to watch that um, and uh, Gene Arthur from You Can't Take It With You, mm-hmm. the, the, the main actress in that. <laughs> My God, she's a treasure. I, mm-hmm. I don't know why she's not talked about a lot more. She also didn't get nominated for that, which I think is bullshit. Anyway, okay. So, Citizen Kane. It's this is this is going to be my first hurdle. It yeah. is it it is an impeccable script. There is nothing wrong with it. Uh Orson Welles and Mankiewicz threw this thing together. Uh and I don't know how much of these camera movements are put in the script. I would love to read the shooting script on this because if if Wells planned these shots out the way they are put on film. My God. Mm. Mm-hmm. That my God. Fuck out. <laughs> yeah, this this film rules. It, uh, sometimes I, I have trouble saying intelligent things about it because I'm not smart enough to talk about this movie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Well, Trav, I guess we'll get down to the good question here is, is this the worst original screenplay? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's one for one. It's down at the bottom. I mean, where else is it going to go? Jonathan. This freaking guy. <laughs> <laughs> don't, let, don't let him talk to you like that, Jonathan. God damn it. I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> uh. <sighs> All right. Zach, is this the worst original screenplay? We had a really good one last week with Great McGinty. But this one was even better, so I'm popping it on top, and I I, I think it's also going to be a hurdle for me. Um, we'll see. Hey, but keep yeah, it right going. Now, Life is good, baby. Life is good, unless you're mm-hmm. Charles Foster Kane. <laughs> Jonathan. Um. So, like you guys said, uh, yes, obviously, we're just across the board here. Uh, the hurdle is, I think, the reason why I have to do. The list like I've been doing, where it's is, is this a movie that I'm going to watch over and over again? Um, because objectively, this movie probably could not get surpassed if I don't have to make it a personal thing. I think the way this movie was written, the the the, the words on paper probably cannot be beat. So I think you 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 this is going to be a hurdle. You have to be at least interesting enough for me to put you past this, to get near it. So I, I, I don't know if this movie is going to stay as number one, because I think it's going to be hard to beat it. And I, I, like I said, I think I have to really look at how this list is going to be made with this movie coming in. So goddamn early. Paul. Um, See, this is how dumb talking about this movie makes me. I've already answered this question. (laughs) <laughs> because I forgot there was a second question. <laughs> I'm a big dummy. God damn it, I love this movie so much. There's mm. it's the best. It's such a good movie. Uh this this is not the worst, it's the best. And I I I don't even see anything in the immediate future that I think can go over it. So that's gonna be an interesting uh an interesting discovery. Yes. Yes. Jonathan. You're on mute. Did it. Damn it. <laughs> made it. Almost made it to the end. What pearls uh, were you dropping? Uh, but that's why we're 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 all about the worstie here. We know yeah. what the bestie is. We want to know what the worstie is. Yeah. So, but I think that is where we are going to call it here today. Trav, we love yeah. you. 
Everybody <laughs> loves you. And we thank you again for joining us here today, sir. Yes. Plug away. Give us a good plug. That's right. You know, your boy is on the Instagram, ZK Audio. I'm on the Twitter and the TikToks, T-R-A-V-I-O-S-C-K, where I'm also on the letterbox, ranking and rating my daily favorite movies. And look, I'm going to just throw this out there and leave it on the cliffhanger, and we'll discuss it at a different time. I just to get everybody's reactions because I don't think anybody's seen my letterbox. But Casablanca might have been the most boringest ass movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Fell asleep three times, couldn't get through the film. God awful. On that you, note, Zach. You you are <laughs> where Jonathan note. didn't Jonathan <laughs> during that movie. So that's that's not a real opinion. <laughs> you know, you said we'll you said we'll come back to it, but we'll, we'll we got back. you here. And I yeah, no, you're trapped, motherfucker. You you did no, this. No, Zach can't even talk right now. He's just. <laughs> I uh, I was he's, in the middle of a conversation with Paul and uh, Joe, uh, and all of a sudden, I I popped on the letterbox to look at something, and I saw that one star, and I said, "Trav just gave Costablanca one star." <laughs> he's he Trav's trolling us. This isn't a real adult opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never said I was an adult, so mm. um, uh, and and I. I told Caitlin later because she, you know, she joined us on the episode and uh, when we covered it for Best Picture, and I said he put a bunch of sleeping emojis, and she's like, he must have a sleeping disorder because he seems to be falling asleep a lot. <laughs> <sighs> no, just a, a, a playful jab there. Oh, Trav, we love you. I, I take no offense to it. No. All right. Well, you can find me. At the Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, and on the letterbox at Altern underscore Occam, where, again, I did not watch anything this week. I tried to play Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, it didn't buy any Koroks. <laughs> Those videos are great. You know what sucks? Zelda is my life. It is everything that I love. The game doesn't gel with me. Uh-oh. And I'm sad. Oh. It's one of those. I respect the greatness. It's not for me. Gotcha. So, but that's me. Zach, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Critker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok, House Havoc, Letterboxd, by searching my name. Uh, I don't think I watch anything else this week either, so Mr. Workman. Uh, you can follow me at Men on TikTok, where Joseph Tappy and I are covering all sorts of shark-related material. And you can follow me on uh, Twitter and Letterboxd, at Father of the Fear, Letterboxd, where I'm keeping a ranking tally of all the films I watched. Uh, and the only new film I went and saw this past week was Fool's Paradise, the new film written, directed by, and starring Charlie Day. Charlie, I love Aww. you. Charlie, I love you so much. This movie was awful. Ugh. This 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 must have been the movie that Trav was actually watching. Well, hold on. He was, that he well, was watching Castle Does that really shock anybody? I like, I like, like Charlie, Charlie Day. Day. Yeah. But he's not good in film. I think he's great. I think I he's great him. in film. Okay. You know, I he's, think he was the best part of the Mario movie. He's the only good part of the Mario movie. Uh, honestly, yeah. <laughs> the film that Trav must have been watching when he said he was watching Casablanca. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, feel free to cut this out, though. Did you, did you watch Air this week? I think I covered that last week. Did yeah. you? Yeah, okay. We talked about that on the podcast. Cut that out. Week. No, I'm not going to cut it out. I'm going to keep it in here and make you look like a goddamn fool, Jonathan. You know what? That's okay because you are a gorgeous human being, and I love you. I I think I talk. I think I think the thing is, I talked about it on the other show. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't listen to our shit. Come on. <laughs>
Yeah, I know you don't. Bro, I'm literally <laughs> looking at Charlie Day's movies, and he's got so many bad movies. He's got bad movies, but he's good in he's good in all of them. No, he was this he, his first time directing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And I th- and I think being the writer, sole credited writer on a film, a film that he had like was apparently sending the script to Guillermo del Toro for notes on. First <laughs> off, look at this picture. Tell me this isn't already an always sunny in Philadelphia skit. Like just based alone on this picture, so oh, yeah. and those two are really good together in the film. The film's just oh, Edie Falco's in it too. She's not in it a whole bunch, and she's oh, okay. excellent. And honestly, a lot of the performances are wonderful. Just, just not a good movie. Not very well written. Like it, it thinks it's getting in all these zingers. Like oh, Hollywood, pew pew pew. We're shooting right. down the Hollywood, pew pew pew. And it's like, all right, this is every other fucking movie about this. Please go take notes from Robert Altman's The Player. It's an amazing film. Mm. I, I, hate Kate, <laughs> I hate that Kate Beckinsale always just picks bad films to be, and I don't know why. She needs a better uh, money. I love her so much. Um, well, Paul, where can we find you? I've already said where you can find me. <laughs> Man, I'm all, right. I'm all over the fucking place. I'm what so a tired. Fool. I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but I am going to see three movies tomorrow. Three Ooh, what are you going to go see? I'm curious. I'm going to go see Fast X. Absolutely. Yes. I'm going to go see Robert Rodriguez's Hypnotic. Absolutely. And okay. Finally, fucking seeing Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Which oh, nice. So fucking yeah. In my top five, like most. banger banner day. Uh, and I don't even know I, how you can watch all three of those films in the same day. Like, bring an extra pair of shorts with <laughs> you because you're going to need them. Yeah, I would. Cre- that that, that kind of day. My jeans so many times. <laughs> That's the kind of day where I'm going to need tums because I'm doing nothing but eating popcorn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so with that, hey Zachary. Yes. Yeah, two fingers up. What's going on there? <laughs> I was just, you know, making <laughs> sure you good. know we're, we're, all these uh, distractions that we knew <laughs> where we were coming next. That's right. I am a fucking moron. No. Uh, and what are we watching next week? Apparently, we're watching. A movie about our wives, Woman of the Year. Uh, no, I don't honestly know what it's about because I haven't looked. Uh, but you can rent it on Amazon, Google, Vudu, or YouTube. Excellent. So, with that, we would like to thank Trav. Trav. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you for, for my awesome Casablanca. Yeah, we're just going to no, forget troll, that troll opinion. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? This is a perfect uh, insertion of my usual uh, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can catch Trav on, his, on our sister podcast, Leveling Up with Adventure. Thanks. We'd like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at OscarsPod and on Facebook at the Oscars Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice five star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. It's that all about anger. See? <laughs> five stars, like three out of four of us, gave this film. Excellent. So, for Trash, mm. Mm. and Zach, mm. we would like for you all to have a damn fun day. <laughs>